Hello and good morning. It's Wednesday, the 4th of July, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only twice-weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. So, today is the 4th of July, and happy birthday, Murica. I almost didn't get an episode out today. As you can see, if you're based here in California time, it is, well, pretty much exactly midday. Um, but, obviously, wanted to roll something else. It's been a few days since the last episode. That said, just a heads up, I have a sneaky feeling this show might go on a brief bit of a pause, sort of a hiatus, uh, later this summer, but I'll keep you posted on my plans going forward with any details as I figure them out, because as of right now, I frankly have no idea. Um, anyway, today, autonomous robot delivery for groceries, an Uber, Waymo, Google exec starts another self-driving company on his own, and... Well, apparently, self-driving cars are on their way headfirst into an AI roadblock. All this, right now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So I've just been tipped off to a really interesting new startup called Robomart. I mean, apart from sounding like something out of a 1950s sci-fi TV serial. Um, I mean, this is actually pretty interesting. And while on the face of it, some of you might get a bit of a laugh, they build themselves as the world's most accessible grocery store. I think as you'll see in a minute, this thing may actually have some legs or wheels, autonomous wheels at that, because what it is, is a remarkably cool, slick looking thing. I mean, it really does look straight out of, I don't know, Star Trek, the rebooted Star Trek, I should say. Um, it is literally an, an autonomous pod of sorts. I say pod, calling it a car or a truck kind of would miss the point. It's basically a somewhat stubby, rounded off little thing with wheels. Um, by the way, just check out their website, robomart.co. What a great name, huh? Um, it is literally just an autonomous vehicle, which essentially shuttles around, well, groceries. And from the looks of the photo, anyway, things like produce, fruits, vegetables, and what appears to be maybe, I don't know, pastries? Baked items in the bottom? I don't know. Anyway, the idea is that you should be able to just sort of pull up an order on your phone, and this thing will, well, scoot its way over to wherever you're located, be it at work or at home. Now, obviously, the idea is that and I should say this is launching in concept anyway here in, in California, of course, here in San Francisco. I believe their factory is based in Alameda. Um, initially, of course, these devices will be remotely operated. That is, they will effectively be uh, road-going drones. And that makes sense, of course, because, well, they're not perfected yet, right? So anyway, um, if this sounds somewhat familiar, it's probably because it'll remind you of at least rumors, if not actual evidence that Amazon is certainly looking to get involved in uh, grocery delivery, which, of course, they have done, and obviously this is why they've gone ahead and acquired Whole Foods. Um, but the idea is that you should, of course, be able to very easily and, in fact, autonomously get your groceries delivered wherever you're based. Now, 
I think, therefore, there's a very good market fit for this. My only sort of, I was going to say concern, I guess it's more of a question, um, sort of a two-part question. Is First of all, I don't really see people wanting to order these things at work. So if indeed they're only going to kind of roll out in kind of urban cores, then apart from maybe sort of home delivery, I don't necessarily see this, you know, seeing this be useful in the workplace. Actually, scratch that. Now that I think about it, this could be pretty neat for offices, couldn't it? Because, um, you know, certainly office cafeterias, they could have fresh produce, groceries delivered to their... Yeah, you know what? Yeah, totally just scratch what I just said. This actually has a lot of application, whether it's for residential use or for the office. So this actually makes a lot of sense. The second point I wanted to mention is, of course, in suburbia. I don't see this being a real good fit there yet. Ironically, from an autonomous vehicle logistics point of view, that'd be certainly easier to test in suburbia. I just don't think this is much of a use case. There's not as much of a market need for it. Very easy to drive around and get things in suburbia. But no, in the center of cities, San Francisco, New York, and frankly, traffic congested Los Angeles or anywhere else besides, this actually makes a lot of sense. So I'm very eager to, to see where this, um, you know, see how this goes. Uh, but yeah, do check out their website. It's over at robomart.co. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So here's an article over from Ars Technica. If the name Anthony Lewandowski rings a bell, that's because you've been following the news, or maybe even you haven't, because it's been almost impossible to ignore the news about this guy. He, um, well, so he, I'm somewhat simplifying here, but he's largely responsible for almost single-handedly developing LiDAR. LiDAR, of course, is the, uh, the technology responsible for giving autonomous cars vision. Except, of course, if you're Elon Musk and Tesla, in which case LiDAR isn't used at all, but that's a separate issue altogether. The point is, Anthony is a pretty smart dude. Um, so eventually he ended up at Google. He effectively ended up building Waymo. And he ended up at Uber, sort of, whereupon he was promptly accused of having stolen Waymo's trade secrets, which, of course, you know, the legality notwithstanding, this was effectively stealing his own secrets. Um, yeah, obviously I know once he went to Google and Waymo, those ceased to be his and became those of Google and Waymo. In any event, uh, he's had a pretty storied past in the best and worst of ways. But, um, apart from having also been, uh, accredited with starting up an AI church. Yeah. More on that some other time, probably not here, but do yourselves a favor and give it a Google. Um, He's now apparently starting up something called, I actually have no idea how to pronounce this. It's either Cash or Catch or Cashy or, well, in any event, it's spelled K-A-C-H-E dot A-I. And rumor has it that it's some sort of new driverless truck startup. Um, let's see. This is not such a big surprise. Obviously, lots of new startups in the autonomous trucking space. We've often talked about, well, certainly we've talked about Starsky Robotics, although that's essentially a largely 
sort of human augmented semi-autonomous system. But um, yeah, so I guess the idea is that uh, now, well, Anthony wants to get involved with autonomous trucking because of course he should. This of course said to be one of the biggest applications of autonomous technology, never mind the, well, remarkably concerning uh, adverse effects to the autonomous or to the trucking profession as a whole. Obviously many, many uh, tens of thousands of, of truckers, you know, stand to go out of business. So this, of course, is a very concerning thing from a social, social policy point of view. Um, anyway, there's really not much to say on this. And in fact, if you head over to uh, AI, you'll see that there's really nothing more than a rather pretty photograph, just a glorified landing page, as it were. So uh, anyway, hopefully we'll have more on this in due time. You know where to find it, right here. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so this, for this third and final segment, there's kind of a lot to discuss. I imagine this is going to overflow into a to, into another episode entirely, but it's a discussion based on an article recently published, um, I say recently, just yesterday actually, over at The Verge. The title is Self-Driving Cars Are Headed Toward an AI Roadblock, this article by Russell Brandom. You can find him at Twitter at uh, Russell Brandom. Um, so... It's an interesting article, and you know Russell starts off by pointing out something that we've often heard for a while, which is that, well, if you listen to all the the uh, the leaders in the autonomous tech world, right, we've effectively been promised autonomous cars, fully autonomous cars, like as in level five, for quite some time now. Um, even Elon Musk predicted that we'd have a fully autonomous level five Tesla by well now. Okay, he said twenty eighteen. Obviously, we still have a few months left to go in the year, but um, look, so did Google, Delphi, Mobileye, they've got level four system for their LiDAR. Um, that's been, you know, slated for 2019. GM has said that with their cruise automation cars, they are going to have a, well, they're going to have a version that actually gets rid of the steering wheel entirely. So we've been promised this stuff for a while. And admittedly, we haven't really quite breached any of these deadlines yet, but we are precariously close including and especially with Tesla, with their promise of full autonomy by 2018. So what's interesting is that we have these really sort of lofty promises. And I, for one, have been really quite sort of, um, how shall we say, uh, optimistic, enthusiastic about these predictions. Um, the concern, though, is apparently that we are sort of reaching a, well, a roadblock of sorts, that, that, that progress is sort of plateauing. And the issue being that well, it turns out that AI tech for cars is a rather different thing entirely than AI tech for, well, say, speech, for instance. Um, so this is a really big concern, right? I mean, because you look at things like AI for speech, for example, Alexa, Google, and so on, and, you know, to a lesser degree, I suppose, even Siri, um, and these seem to be improving really <clears throat> quite nicely. So the question becomes, well, what's going to happen with cars? You know, why, why is there this concern that, that cars might be sort of more of a challenge? Now, the easy answer is, of course, to kind of look around and see that, yeah, well, look, this is intuitively a really difficult thing. 
And frankly, that intuition wouldn't be far off the mark because it is a really difficult thing. And this is why there's so much money being thrown at it, so much to try to get it just right. So part of the problem is that there's a zero tolerance, apparently, for any sort of failure. Now, again, this goes back to an issue that you know we've discussed time and again uh, on this show. A lot of people have critiqued me um, by email or otherwise that I tend to be a bit too lax and too accepting of of any sort of failures with autonomous cars. Case in point, of course, the Uber crash where I said that effectively, obviously tragic as it is, many other accidents occurred that same day with you know caused by human drivers. It's foolish and in fact counterproductive to expect fully autonomous cars to be essentially perfect, 0% failure rate. The most compelling argument I heard along these lines, though, were that the difference in why autonomous cars need to be effectively perfect with 0% failure rate is that we humans are okay, as illogical as it sounds, we humans are okay with accidents, even those that cause death and serious injury, if those accidents are caused by another human. We are, in fact, far less tolerant about accidents being caused due to, say, manufacturing defect or error. So the analogy that I was given was that, and again, we talked about this before, so I don't want to get into this too much now, but just as a reminder, you know, aviation, right, aircraft, you know, if commercial airlines um, were anything other than perfect or close to it, which, frankly, they are, then they would never really be a thing. My only sort of contradiction to this is that, well, they didn't used to be this perfect at all. In fact, even all the way up through the early jet age of the 50s and 60s and even the 70s, um, they really were pretty far from perfect. Yeah, I think they were always probably safer than the average car and the average road, but they definitely weren't that perfect as they are now. And certainly in the earliest days of flight, there were numerous problems, right? So again, this is a whole nother discussion, but the central issue remains is that there's a general belief and I... My instinct is to disagree with it, but I do see the argument here that autonomous cars really do need to arrive at basically 0% failure rate. There just can't be accidents caused by autonomous cars making stupid mistakes. Now, um, hopefully some of you, most of you, all of you, got a chance to listen to the previous episode, which was what I believe to be the first actual podcast recorded in a moving Tesla with full autopilot engaged while on a drive, while recording an episode about Tesla's autopilot. This was our last episode. If you haven't listened yet, please go ahead and check it out. It's pretty fun. And as I mentioned on that show, there are some faults with it, but of course there are. It's still being developed. It's not a fully autonomous system yet. The point, though, is that we can extrapolate from this experience to realize that, yeah, it's true. Okay, fair enough. If you're driving along in what's said to be a perfectly sort of fail-safe, fully autonomous level 5 car, and if inexplicably, for no reason whatsoever, just suddenly kind of swerves when it shouldn't, thereby causing an accident, or if, as happened to me later that day with the Tesla, it slams on its brakes in stop-and-go traffic for no reason at all, nearly causing the car behind me to rear-end me. Sorry, this occurred after I had already published the episode. That's why I'm talking about it now. I mean, that would be really catastrophic, not to mention just plain maddeningly, infuriatingly annoying, right? I mean, so... In other words, I feel like we're okay with accidents occurring because they're actually legitimate, well, mistakes, accidents caused by humans. We're not okay when computers do them. We're just not. Okay, this is all sort of a roundabout way of getting back to the point of the article, which is that there's a lot of concern in the AI space that, in fact, we are therefore reaching this 
sort of plateau, this, this brick wall of sorts. So an analogy that's given is, the, is that of the chatbot um, thing, which if you're not really familiar with this thing, uh, as a reminder, it's the notion that chatbots, so for example, say you're using Facebook Messenger, um, that automated bots will be able to sort of communicate with you, correspond with you, do things for you instead of, or at least better than, a human. So you may have heard of some of these chatbots, right? So some of them are things like, um, so one of them that comes to mind is a chatbot for Messenger, which claims to be able to um, link up to your various accounts, you know, say your internet, you know, your internet uh, service provider, your TV service provider, cell phone service provider, and so on and so forth. And it's able to actually communicate on your behalf with these providers to effectively lower your bills. Well, the thing is, if you haven't heard much about these, or if you haven't actually worked with them, it's because they're just not that good yet. They just, they aren't. They're way too generalized. It turns out that collecting data just isn't sufficient to make them work well. You need something much more besides. And the analogy is that autonomous cars are really rather like chatbots. It's a really, really tricky thing to get right. It doesn't matter how much data you have, maybe. It's just such a generalized problem that we could be decades away from actually cracking it, getting it just right. So again, this is a really long article and I would never uh, try to replace this article. I mean, um, Russell's done a fantastic job sort of discussing this. I strongly encourage you to go ahead and read this article. What I would like to do though, however, is to get as much feedback as possible from you. Please shoot me a note now through uh, the new website at markhoag.com. You can Click on contact down at the bottom on the right navigation bar to send me a note. I'll get it as an email. You can, of course, reach out to me on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And of course, if you're listening on anchor.fm, you can just leave me a voicemail. But um, again, it's a really interesting discussion. Um, For those of you listening who have reached out to me before, you know who you are. We've discussed already getting you on board as a guest for this show. I promise I haven't forgotten about you. I wasn't just saying that I'd like to do it to be polite. I really genuinely would like to do it. I just haven't been able to make it happen yet. So my sincere apologies. I haven't forgotten about you. We will do it. Uh, There's so much to discuss here. So anyway, yep. Do give the article a read. It's over at The Verge. Again, the title is Self-Driving Cars Are Headed Toward an AI Roadblock. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Of course, it is 4th of July. So I hope you're happily grilling burgers outside in the sunshine. Um, that said, I'm sure not too many of you are going to be listening to this podcast today. So assuming it's Thursday morning when you listen, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. So, um, anyway, please don't forget, we do have a new website over at markhoag.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G.com. You can leave feedback. You can reach out to me through a contact form. Please do check it out. Um, meanwhile, I promise to check back in with you on Friday. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.